Hi, this is Kenny Wade with Because International, and Kenton Lee, our founder, and we have a special guest with us, Steve Corbett, with um, doing some consulting with us this week, and uh, co-author of When Helping Hurts. I want to get that title right, Steve, because I was saying <laughs> When Hurting Helps, yeah. which that never really helps, <laughs> you know, um, but I appreciate you taking some time with us this morning, and um, Kenton, hi. Kenny, hello. Good morning. Good morning, friends. Um, I'm just going to jump right into the questions, sure. if you guys are good with that. Uh, Steve and Kenton, you feel free to answer any of these. Jump in. I mean, yeah, I'll try to correct Steve. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Appropriate. Also, also me. Also me. I need reined in a little bit. Um, but, but Steve, tell us um, where you're from. Uh, like where you live, where you were born, some hobbies, sure. just some general, you know, human being right. type stuff. So um, yesterday was my 37th anniversary. Um, I have seven kids, uh, ranging in age now from 33 to 19. So we're just getting ready to be empty nesters as our youngest goes off to college. I uh, live now in Chatt uh, Chickamauga, Georgia, which is very northwest Georgia. So just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, originally from Vermont, kind of farm country, dairy farm country. That was my roots. Um, yeah, I now, as far as work, I am a professor at Covenant College. Um, I teach in the Department of Economics and Community Development, and I also work part-time with an organization called the Chalmers Center for Economic Development, which looks at how can the local church, as a local church, reach out practically um, with economic development strategies in their community, because it brings the gospel. Say the name of that. The Chalmers Center for Economic Development. Can you spell it? C-H-A-L-M-E-R-S. Yeah, named after Thomas Chalmers, who was the Scottish pastor who really understood this idea of parish, right? You, you, mm -hmm. we're, we're geographically based, and so what does it mean to bring kind of shalom to a parish? Yeah, a kind of speed round, a warm-up here with some what I like to call first responder questions, Kenton and Steve. Mm -hmm. um, these are, you have 10 seconds to answer and um, 10 seconds to give a little bit of context if, if you need to. If you just want to move on, we can. Um, there's no winners or losers. Um, this is just about your preferences today. Okay, not your priorities, your preferences. There's a difference. So first one, and we'll, we'll do Kenton and then Steve, okay? Cat or dog? Dog. I had a dog growing up who was just my best friend. Okay, Steve? Cats, absolutely. Can't wait to play with tigers in heaven. Oh, oh I like it, okay. <laughs> this next one's really important. Aisle or window? Window. 100%. I just get there and then I don't have to move or think about anything or do anything for the whole flight. I'm 6'4 and a big guy with two artificial hips, the aisle every time. <laughs> this one's near and dear to my heart. Lyft or Uber? I'm a Lyft guy. Okay. I like Lyft. I, that's, that's my go-to anytime I travel. And it seems like Lyft is most places that Uber is, so I, I use Lyft a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this is going to show us my archaicness. I don't use either. Wow. What do you do, Steve? How do you get around? I have people pick me up. Taxes. What? Yeah. You have friends places. I just, people or whoever I'm going to speak at, I make sure they come and get me and whatever it might be. Or and if I can't, I just take a cab or a shuttle or whatever. Wow. You do not have ride poverty. Uh, not at all. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's not, I'm not against either of those. I just don't need to use them. So, Yeah. Now, this next question, um, I thought of in the context of a dentist's office. Okay. Mint or bubble gum? <laughs> I'm a bubble gum guy. I actually usually choose that one. Okay. Yeah. At a dentist, I'd go with mint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Burn or freeze? Ooh, 
burn. Uh, I don't have a great reason for it, but that was the first, <laughs> first instinct. I'll take the burn. Whether I'm going to burn up or freeze, that's my choices. <laughs> Uh, I didn't say it was you. It could have been food. I mean, okay, it could have been, okay I mean, there we go. Because I'm thinking about the pain of it all. Well, that's, that's be less painful, right? That's what I was hoping for. But <laughs> I think when you freeze, you fall asleep somewhere along the line. So that sounds a little bit more pleasant than screaming as my flesh is curdling. So oh, yeah. I'll that go was, with that. That was, that was vivid. They didn't freeze them at the stake. They burned them at the stake, you know? So mm. <laughs> Flash freeze could be better. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Look or leap? Uh, I'm going to look. Probably used to be leap, but now I'm, I'm looking. Yeah, I was leap for a long time. I'd like to think I still am, but I probably look more now. <laughs> okay. Cash or credit? Cash. I'm a Dave Ramsey guy. I, I use the envelopes. Uh, I'm, I'm all, all cash. I even still send in checks to pay bills, and mm -hmm. my wife gives me the hardest time for it, but it's worth the stamp to me, so mm -hmm. I'll go cash. So I'm a big Dave Ramsey guy, too, and all those that stuff, but I do credit. That's one place I'm different just because we always pay it off and we're under control. That's not a temptation for us or yeah. a problem. So we rack up the, the cash back points. Smell or taste? Uh, taste. Yeah. It's more satisfying, I think. If you smell it, then you want to taste it. Right. Mm. I, I mean, if, if it smells good. So I'm thinking Brussels sprouts, and, I, that, that, and that's why I don't eat those things because they smell so bad. Like broccoli, I'll eat it raw, but as yeah. soon as you cook it and that smell comes out, forget it. So, yeah, but I, I'm a taste guy as well. Write or type? I like to write. Uh, Kenny, you probably see me in the office with all my sticky notes. So uh -huh. I'm, a, I'm a write kind of a guy. I'm a writer too. Primarily because if you look at my hands, they're these big mashed up things. So I wanted to ask a couple questions uh, just about what you're reading right now, Kenton and Steve. You know what? I've had a goal to reread important books to me. I just finished How to Win Friends and Influence People. And You've been posting a lot about that on LinkedIn. I loved that yeah. one. Man, it was so, it's old. You know, but it's like timeless. Like it's just, it's so good. Um, another great book I've been reading. Oh, let's see which one. Uh, there's a nonprofit book called um, Social Startup Success, and uh, the the author she looked at a couple hundred nonprofits that kind of made it out of the what she would call kind of the mom and pop um, stage. And, and really began to scale. And then she has some great data on key factors that, that help these nonprofits scale. Um, and that's been a really interesting book. Uh, both kind of meets my entrepreneurial, uh, kind of fills that bucket for me, but in a very nonprofit way, which is kind of my context. So yeah, those are a couple that I've been reading lately. Okay, thanks man. So, as a professor, I'm, I like I read parts of lots of books yeah. um, because I'm you know I'm always thinking about look okay, I'm, I'm trying to find more about this idea right so I've been reading deeper about some of the change theory stuff and some of the some of the applications of that at the local community level you know in, in rural in the rural you know majority world so I'll be looking at this piece there and that piece so it's it's rare for me to sit down and just 
read a book from cover to cover. Uh, last one I did was Evicted, a couple, about maybe a couple years ago, which is all about the crisis in America of, of, of uh, lack of uh, available affordable housing. But that's pretty rare for me. So when I do get to read, to be honest, like on this trip, I pulled out a, 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 you know, a, a fiction book to just get escaped. Yeah. I might get through it. I might not. We'll see. But um, yeah, but that's, that tends to be me. I'm always around some idea. I'm trying to explore further, and I want to get a lot of voices on that. Yeah. So that's, that's what I tend to do. Okay, yeah. I do that too. I have a hard time reading on the way through a book. I have lots of books I'm reading right now. Right, that's I've been doing me, that for yeah. months. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd like to finish one. Mm-hmm. So, um, Steve, mm-hmm. tell us how you ended up at the Because International offices. Like, what are you, what are you doing here? How'd you get here? I was going to LA, and the flight went the wrong way, and I didn't. You know, this girl because at the airport she seemed nice, and so said one. No, um, so the only one. <laughs> a few months ago, um, Kenton and I were on a webinar. Um, hosted by um, Standards of Excellence and Short-Term Missions. And this, we all were talking, and I was listening to Kenton, and I was intrigued by what Because was trying to do and made a few comments. And, I, and then so we, afterwards, I, so I'm not sure how it all worked out. We connected with each other and talked further, and, um, you know, Kenton was expressing, maybe wouldn't it be interesting if you could come up and we could just, you know, you could share some ideas with the staff, and we could talk about implications for Because. Um, and uh, so here I am couple days and thanks for being here it's been fun the first day has been was really fun the openness I mean Kenton kept saying and 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 Emily's another person I worked with and and was hearing you know we're really we've been doing this for a few years now but we're really asking you know we don't want to wake up 10 years from now and look back and go why did we stay on that path and why why didn't we go on that path and I was like okay I've kind of heard that before but boy I've been thankful impressed odd by the, the, the the really openness um to just explore and say, well, maybe, maybe we just because we've always done this or thought we're going to do this. Maybe uh, we need to go a different path. Or a lot of it, you know, years ago I would have come in and said, well, you know, if it's not perfect, blow it up. And I've learned, well, no, you can just tweak, right? And yeah. Do adapt around the edges as you're and explore as you're keeping on other things and see where see where that leads. And so it's been really the first day and. I'm looking forward to today of just, you know, throwing out these ideas and, and the staff really wrestling with what does this look like for us? Hmm. You know, how well are we doing this with this idea, this principle? You know, where else could we stretch into? And, and maybe where are some places we need to kind of stop and then really change directions? So it's been really, really fun. Well, I'm, gl- I'm grateful to hear that. Um, if you were to describe your time so far with us, in one sentence. <laughs> in one sentence? In one sentence. <coughs> what would that sentence be? Uh, one sentence, wow. Just probably uh, thankfulness for the openness to do the right thing amongst the staff. Great. Yep. And I felt, now Now that's one sentence. Now I'm going to say what I really want to say. Um, <laughs> you know, I felt very, 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 very open. I feel very comfortable here. I feel like I've known these guys for a long time, so we can have honest conversations. Um, there's not a lot of tip. I don't feel like I've, you know, I was coming in thinking, how much am I going to have a tiptoe maybe around this and, yeah. or this? And it hasn't been like that at all. Good. It's been open and genuine. I'm, I'm grateful to hear that and feel the same way. <laughs> still feel kind of newer around here, but this has become friends and family, and we hope you feel that way too. Um, when people ask you what you do, which is an interesting question, right? Sure. It's a doing question, not a being question, right. but we often respond to a doing question with a, I am a, or I do these things, right? But I've always found that ironic. 
What, what do you do, Steve? Well, I'm a father of seven. I'm a husband for 37 years and now a grandfather. So that's a lot of doing right there. Um, that's a lot of being, and, too. Yeah, that's a lot of being. That's probably where I screw up the most. Um, um, but, you know, that's a big part of your life, right? Um, but to get what I do to get as a quote-unquote job, um, as I mentioned, I'm a, a full-time professor at Covenant College, which is a Christian liberal arts college um, on Lookout Mountain just outside of Chattanooga. And we have a department of econ and community development, and I teach primarily the community development courses in the, at the college. And then I do some part-time work with the Chalmers Center, um, with them a little bit. Um, used to work with them more full-time, but then we started the major, and that blew up. And I mean, in a good way, it grew. And so I, I need not blow up; it's the wrong word. Uh, so I just needed more time, much more in the classroom. And then I, on the side, I do things like this: I do some speaking or cons- consulting, and. And, and I like it because it keeps me out there, um, kind of fresh amongst practitioners. I'm also on the board of a, non-pro- a large nonprofit. Um, it's called Food for the Hungry International, which actually the organization I worked with for years. So it's funny being a board member because those were the guys when I was on staff, but there's a stupid idiot's way up top <laughs> who didn't know anything. Um, and now I'm one of those stupid idiots who doesn't know anything, right? So it's been a really interesting journey the last four years or so. But it's been fun because, again, it helps me keep kind of fresh what's going on and the changes and, and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so you do consulting, mm-hmm. do, do some speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, how often do, do the organizations, and I don't know what types of different organizations mm-hmm. you do consulting with, what, what are they churches, nonprofits, are there other? Well, both. Okay. Probably more nonprofits, but I've had some churches bring me in to say, hey, you know, how do we talk about this piece? So how often... Do the folks that bring you in for consulting actually follow your advice? Well, it varies. Um, part of it is if I'm consulting over time, then I get to see what's going on, right? And those are the most, those are the funnest ones, right? Um, and, 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 you know, work out, well, hey, we thought this and they tried this, but now they're at this, you know, juncture, come on, Steve, come in, let's talk. So I get to kind of see that. But for a lot of times you don't, you know, unless they report back and say, hey, this is what we did with this, so you don't know for sure. So, but it seems to be, especially the consulting piece, um, you're not brought in unless people are ready to do something, hmm. right? That's very different than, hey, come speak at a conference. You know, you speak, you share your ideas, you have, you know, you don't know what you're bouncing off from. Yeah. Um, so I, that's why I like to have a little bit of consulting in my life because uh, it keeps me sharp and it does, it does help me see reality. And, and, and I think it's actually probably some, a place where my background gets to be put forth in a more helpful way. Okay. More direct and helpful way, maybe. So, Kenton, why did you want Steve to come and do consulting with us? You know, we've we've used consultants before, um, and it it takes time. It costs money, mm-hmm. uh, but for us, uh, because international, it's really been worth it. Um, I always feel like we we've got a great engine here. You know, Kenny, you know, we just have a great team, and I, I really think our team can do anything we put our mind to. So it's really nice to have, especially an outside voice, come yeah. in and really help set the direction. Because I, I, I think we can go wherever we want to go. We've got great supporters, um, we've got a great team that really works hard and is passionate. So with us being so young and so new at this, and, and we recognize that we are young and we are new at this, um, I like having consultants come in to mm-hmm. kind of just 
point us in the right direction, set that rudder so we can really go where, where we need to go. Um, when I, I mean, obviously I read the book, uh, When Helping Hurts many years ago, and when Steve was on this panel, I just loved what he had to say. Kind of surprised that he's even here right now. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a big deal and, and we're sitting in a room together. Um, but he, he has been so great, um, especially because he did it. He, he was on the field, you know, mm -hmm. in the trenches. He knows about this stuff from a, uh, kind of from a program standpoint, from a, from a fundraising standpoint, you know, from a board perspective now with uh, Food for the Hungry. Um, he really gets it. And, and those are my favorite type of consultants. I like consultants who, who have, have put in the work and now they're kind of looking from a 30,000 foot view, but they get it. They get that, boy, we can't make 40 changes tomorrow. You yeah. know, we They've been in the grind. Yeah, yeah. Like they just get, they, from a financial standpoint, from just a, a, a team standpoint. So um, it's been, yesterday was so great with Steve. Today is going to be great. And, and then he'll leave, and then we will do the work, you know, but I, I really, what I want to get out of our time with Steve and, and our time with most any consultant, um, I want to have a increased confidence in the direction that mm -hmm. we're going. And then again, I, I really believe our team can, can make it happen. But um, these last four years of us going full speed with Because International, we've had several um, really wise people point us in the right direction and, and we wouldn't be where we are today with, without them. So Steve, I asked Kenton recently, you know, why are we having this guy come in? Right. Um, just, just curious about behind the motivation. And one thing that he said that really stood out to me was that he was looking for someone that, that would talk to us about change theory. Mm -hmm. And that we talked to some other folks, and they didn't they didn't really under, get that. And what mm -hmm. they proposed back was in their wheelhouse, but not mm -hmm. what we were looking for. Mm -hmm. You are bringing what we're looking for, mm -hmm. um, and and we're not just we're not talking about change theory right. necessarily. Like we're using that word as a buzzword. We're talking about the work of that. But what is change theory, and how is that practically played out in the conversations we're having? yesterday and today? Well, 20 different people answer that 20 different ways, um, to be honest. Um, but I, I think part of what is more practical here is just you've got to understand what are those core principles that are really true that you want to see fleshed out in your organization. And, and if you don't have that, then where are you going? You're just wandering. Um, and then the processes of, of getting there, um, you know, that reflective time of saying, okay, here's, I mean, all change comes out of your direct experience, right? You've had a set of experiences, and that gets some ideas to kind of evaluate that, look back on that, reflect upon that. And out of that, then you make some decisions, right? You make some, well, well maybe we'll try this, we'll try that, we'll try that. And then you act on it. And, and as you act on it, that's where you really learn, wow, that worked, that didn't. We thought this would be better, it's worse, whatever it is. And it brings you back around again to, wow, okay, now our set of experiences is a little bit different. And you just keep going around and around. I mean, that's the, that's the classic change model of the, that kind of four-step four process of around and around you go. So what I, you know, what I am coming in here is I'm coming in with the, to, to prompt the reflection, right? And, but I can't you know, tell you what to do because I don't have the same experiences, right? But hopefully, you asked, I mean, earlier, do people follow up on things? You know, that it's the, you know, later today, we're going to stop with new ideas and spend some more time. And we've been trying to stop along the way here of, okay, what does, what could this mean 
for because on this on this issue, as I mentioned earlier, what are you doing with this? You know, what else could you do? What do you, what do you need to stop doing on this issue? But at the end, there'll be a sense of okay, we've made some basic decisions that we can now take the next step with. I know I've heard that you guys have a um, uh, staff retreat coming up, and you know that'd be a great time because it's what September, you know, a couple months from now or a month and a half from now to come back to say okay. We, this is where it would now list. What does it mean to take the next step with that, right? And so I'm here at that first, that reflection stage. I'll tell you, a big takeaway for me for, from yesterday was when we, we were a couple hours into the conversation, and one of the things we talked about was the uh, Western world's default response to poverty is, is um, material, is mm -hmm. a product. Sure. And then you pulled up the statement that's on our website. <laughs> we believe that uh, innovative products are the solution to oh. global, you know, what, global poverty. We believe that mm -hmm. innovative products are the solution. And, it's, and now based on our conversation, you didn't tell us what to do. You didn't tell us we were wrong. You didn't say, shame on you. You just said, what are you going to do with this? Right. What do you want to do with it? Break off into teams. Going to write this on a big sticky note and stick mm -hmm. it on the wall. And gave us time to kind of just deal with that. I mean, just a little bit of time. Now we got to we got to work that out. What do, what do we, what do we do with that? And it's not that the statement's bad. It's just I realized I didn't even realize I was doing that. Mm -hmm. I really like the innovative piece. I think innovation is not just product. You know, um, but I just want you to know that if I didn't have anything else from our time together, mm -hmm. that that was a big takeaway from okay. from me. And I kind of already knew some of those things. But man, you just you just landed that right on my head mm -hmm. yesterday um, just in your openness and your willingness to to be with us and share with us so that was a change for me let me ask about a change for you I just got two two more questions for okay. now and then and then okay. we'll wrap this up is that cool Kenton mm -hmm. okay so your co-author of when helping hurts mm -hmm. and um, I just wondered since you've uh, helped write that book and since mm -hmm. it's been published and, and maybe it's been reprinted and revised I don't know mm -hmm. Is there anything in the book that you would change now? You have a different perspective on, and, and you would rewrite that. So, a little history of that we wrote that in 2009, came out, and you know, then we got people were buying it and surprised us that anybody bought it, to be honest. Um, and but then we started hearing back, you know, people were really getting, wow, just because we were well intentioned, that doesn't mean we're doing the right thing, right? So, and that's not good enough. I met well. You know, so that covers all, all you know, all mistakes. And no, it doesn't. But then we were starting to hear back. People were getting feeling paralyzed. Like I don't want to hurt. I really get it. Now I don't want to do anything. And so that wasn't the point of the book. Just like we stop helping people. So the, actually, we revised it in 2012. Added some chapters to say here's some practical next steps. So that was a that was a big kind of a wow. We didn't quite mean to have this response come. Not everybody had that, but enough. Um, that, so that that happened then. But if I stand back now. And by the way, you know, we've written three other follow-up books that are more applications, one in short-term missions, one for the churches. They kind of do benevolence ministries and stuff like that. Um, so it's given us a chance to flesh out further and, and further places. But I, I look back now and I was going to rewrite it. Hmm. Um, so the problem is I've been dealing with these ideas and principles for so long. They're pretty deeply embedded, but I think it'd be the... Um, hmm. I, I, I think I, we would say stronger. It's not about you. Hmm. Uh, and, and make 
that like in a big box really early in the book. We, we say it in different places, um, but it's not about you. And because I, I'm afraid that some of the practices we do, and we talked about this yesterday, we'll talk about more of it today, the things we're doing aren't really the most helpful things, but we get some sense of satisfaction out of them. At least we did something, or look at me, or whatever it is. And right. again, nobody's walking around going, I want everybody to give me praise. I don't think people do that. But unconsciously, maybe we're doing things and uh, without recognizing that if we don't, you know, if we can't go on the trip and actually hand out the shoes, right? right. And we don't get that, that feel of that, that, that we wouldn't bother. Well, hmm. well, that's about you, isn't it? Yeah. It's not about the kids or the needs or whatever. Those, so I would shout that a lot louder because I think if you don't get that straight, it's hard to understand why all these other things are so important. Hmm. Thank you. You know, I core, just one more thing, you know, I core, what I, be, I became a believer in my early 20s, a follower of Christ, and, and um, very early on, I had somebody tell me to, to share with me, you know, that part of the Christian life is you, you die, you die to self, right, um, that, that Christ may live, and that dying to self is so counter, especially in Western culture, where it's all about me and me just fig figuring myself out and my self-identity, and, and I, I understand those are important things, but it, you just end up being so narcissistic. Um, so quickly, so I think that I think that's even more so for the Western. And this this book was written for the, kind of the Western Church. Right. Um, it wasn't written for everybody in the world, per se. And uh, I, I think we needed to shout that louder because the con the counter message is so loud. Wow. It, and it's not it's not just in culture; it's in the church. Yep. Big time. Yeah. Well, Steve, thanks for spending some time with me in Canton, and let me just uh, riddle you with questions. I hope we can continue this conversation. I've got a lot more questions Love to. to ask you. And I want to put a little teaser on here. And the next time that you and I have this conversation, I want to follow up on a comment you made yesterday with us where you said there was only one original idea mm -hmm. in the book when helping hurts. And I'd like to hear about the next time that you and I sit down together, um, whether it's in person or remotely, mm -hmm. what was that original idea? And, and, um, to kind of unpack that a little bit. So if you're listening to this, there's more from Steve um, coming down the road. So let's get into today. Kenton, one last thought from you. What do you hope emerges from today with Steve consulting with us? I hope we come out of today with a clear sense of direction around our mission and the way that we uh, attempt to help people. Uh, and then from that, I know that we're going to have lots of little tweaks and changes and, and even some, some big things. But I, I hope we really come out with a clear sense of direction today. That's okay. my goal. Great. Thanks, Steve. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Ken.